Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Again and welcome to episode 219 of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. I'm your host Michael McCall and Vancouver Whitecaps are best in the West baby, at least for now with seven games remaining. But hey, take the good times when they come and hopefully there's still a lot more from ahead. The Caps 3-0 win over Minnesota at BC Place on Wednesday evening was a fantastic result. One of those games that we've seen in the past, the Caps kind of trip over, don't get the job done when we're expecting them to get done. We've already seen a few times this season that they have struggled against the weaker sides, and Minnesota, certainly one of the weaker sides, not just in the West, but in all of MLS this season. Understandable for an expansion team. But they fought back well in the game in Minnesota, negating the Whitecaps' two-goal lead to come away with a two-all draw. And that was one of the Whitecaps' most disappointing results of the season for me. But there was to be no similar mistakes made at BC Place. Got the job done, even with a changed starting lineup. Six changes from the team that got the job done on Saturday against Real Salt Lake. And once again, showing the depth that this Whitecaps team have. The fringe players come in, get the job done, get the three points, and on this occasion, it was three points that took them to first place in the Western Conference. Goes from Jordi Reyna just five minutes in. Eric Hurtado, Breck Shea lay on, give the Whitecaps the victory, sets them up nicely to face Columbus on Saturday. Six points out of six so far from this homestand. You're wanting... At least three wins and a draw from it. Ideally, you want four wins, get those 12 points on the board, especially ahead of a a tough end to the season that sees the Caps on the road for four of the last five games. But overall, it was a, a good performance in that it got the job done. At times, it wasn't the most exciting game, but three points is three points. So Steve and myself got a chance to chat a little bit about the game afterwards, just while we were kind of hanging around outside the Whitecaps locker room waiting to to get some of our interviews done. So here's some of our thoughts on the win and the performance. So Steve, a pretty comfortable 3-0 win for the Whitecaps tonight against Minnesota. Yeah, I went for 4-0 and it it didn't quite come off. Thank you, Brexit. 
What did you make of that overall performance? Sometimes it felt a little bit laboured, but really it was comfortable. I think it was that's what it was. It was just a comfortable win for them, and they didn't feel like they have to push as much, which hopefully they could, in the past has hurt them because they, when they're comfortable, they usually get caught. This time Minnesota really had showed nothing in order to catch Vancouver, and I think that was the biggest factor in the game, that Minnesota really didn't show anything, especially with the way Adrian Heath was talking about after the game. A perfect start for the Caps. Jordi Reyna getting the goal five minutes in. Beautiful ball to his feet by, by Marcel de Jong. And a, a great finish. A lot of composure again. Fourth goal of the season for Jordi. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I have to look back at all the goals. But I think that might have been their best ever like over-the-top goal. It was the cleanest, like per- perfect cross in, right into his feet. Um, the left back was like on him but kind of lost Reyna. And the centre back couldn't get fa- back fast enough to cover and it was just like almost like a perfect shot and it, it was these and then they scored like 25 minutes I just after the half hour mark it was another great cross into this one from being close Breck Shea sending into Hurtado who kind of just like uh, guided it with his chest he kind of put his body on the, the line for that really though I mean he put himself in front of the goalkeeper did well he's worked really hard at training I know sometimes we've given him a little bit of a hard time but he does put the work in in training so it's nice to see a player like that getting his reward and it was a full effort for him on the pitch even when he was uh, hitting the you know there were a couple of chances too down the road that were even uh, kind of caused a, a free kick from just outside the box that we thought was a penalty almost but it was very close to it so he was kind of buzzing in and around there and he's you know everybody talks about his finish and everything but he's an important player to have especially when you want to cause a havoc with a uh, you know a central defense that isn't very confident at this time and then that was pretty much it for the scoring until towards the end Breck Shea a lovely ball win by, by Freddie Montero and a, a great header by, by Shea just guided it perfectly. It, almost, it was almost slow motion, that header. It, it, it felt like Shuttleworth should have got it, but uh, it was probably a perfect angle to get it in the net. Shea's been so such a weird player, really, this year. You feel he hasn't contributed a lot, but he's got some big goals, and he's scoring, and he is, he is doing well for the team. No, and that's the thing it is. Even a couple times today, it felt like he wasn't fully... I don't want to say he was lazy, but he wasn't fully putting in the effort. It seemed like he was just going on his abilities. And I think if you put everything together, um, like he did, the, uh, I think, was right after his kid was born, that one game where he put everything together, and that was his best game of the year. So if he puts everything together, he could be a very dangerous player for the Whitecaps, whether starting or off the bench. And there was a couple of surprises for me in the second half. Tony Chani, who's a yellow card away from suspension, played the full 90. I really thought Andrew Jacobson would come on. And then bringing Freddie Montero on when the game was 2-0. The game was won. Minnesota really didn't look like they were going to get back in it. Another guy, a yellow card away from a booking, could injure himself. It just seemed really strange bringing him on. Yeah, no, that was a surprising one because we, like, after the two-goal lead, uh, we already started predicting who was going to come on and who was going to come off. And we had two of them, right? The one we thought was going to be was Jacobson for Chani to save him, but so maybe he put on Montero in order to get that because he's Montero's close to getting a, a suspension too, but because um, of yellow card accumulation, and I think maybe putting on with twenty minutes, it's a risk, but he doesn't have to do anything dirty, and he can get through another game and reduce that where he can eventually get one game taken off or one card taken away. The the win made it unbeaten in five for the White Caps, four wins out of those five games, only two defeats in, in the last eleven matches. Now first in the West. What do they need to do to stay there? Just same as always. Just put in the effort. Uh, get get make sure Robbo picks the right eleven. 
depending, like, uh, for example, today he put, put in Marcel de Jong because he felt tactically that's what he wanted to do, like he would provide more. And also you want to give Jordan Harvey a break. I'm sure Jordan Harvey will come on on the weekend. But um, it's, it's just it, pick the right players. Don't worry about whether they how well they played in the last game. Pick the right players for the game coming up. That's great, Steve, and we'll talk to you on Sunday. So good three points for Vancouver. Eric Hurtado got the official man of the match. He had a good performance. For me, I think Jordi Reyna would take that. Got the opening goal, got the assist on Hurtado's goal. As we talked about there with Steve, really also got to give credit to Marcel de Jong. An excellent performance in the left-back role. And what a ball to set Reyna up for that opener. For me, him and Reyna were really, really close for Man of the Match honours, but I'm just going to give it to Reyna. But de Jong did well. Will that see him keep his place against Columbus? Well, we'll, we'll find that out soon enough. Jake Norwinski had a, another strong showing as well in the right-back role. Clean sheet for David Eistead. No players really put a foot wrong. Rick Shea gets the assist and a goal as well. And that's what you want from a team. You want an all-round team performance. And that's what Vancouver's getting. Still giving up possession. Only 41% possession. Minnesota 59 but the Caps outshot United 18-9. Nine on target for the White Caps, only two on target for Minnesota. Comfortable win, never in any danger. Three points well won. So that's some of our thoughts on the game on Wednesday night. Let's hear now from both head coaches. First up, Vancouver's Carl Robinson. Then we're going to hear from a very honest, and he is always a good guy to speak to, Minnesota United's Adrian Heath. Carl, these kind of games can sometimes be difficult. A team that doesn't have much to play for. Why, why did, were you guys so effective tonight? I think it was a very workmanlike performance. Uh, it is a tricky game because Minnesota, uh, where they are in the table, not because they're a, they're a bad team. They're a good team. They've got good players. Adrian does a great job there. So we just had to make sure our focus was right, our mentality was right, and we played well. Uh, and the boys did that. So they deserve a lot of credit. There was a couple of changes I made. Uh, for freshness reasons, uh, and they worked. So those guys, every guy, deserves a lot of credit. Uh, you know, worth, he was worth waiting for, I guess, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, no, he was, he was good for 60-odd minutes. He really was, and you know, he scores goals, which helps. You know, you, if you're going to be an attacking player, you need to either score or create. And, you know, he does things which he shouldn't do in different, wrong areas of the field. And, but... He does exciting things in the top third of the pitch and obviously it's a wonderful ball by Mars. It's a great touch and it's a great finish by a quality player. I know you're not going to want to make too much of it, but first in the West now, apart from winning games, what do you need to do now to, to stay in that position for the running? No, I won't make much of it, as you know, Michael. Um, we just got to keep ticking along. We've got to keep winning games of football. That game's gone now. It's good performance uh, by the group. You know, some players got a rest today. Uh, some people were left out. And um, we'll be training tomorrow. We're back to work tomorrow. We've got a huge game on Saturday against a very good team who's, who's flying in the East as well. So we'll put our total focus onto that. But I don't look at the table. So, Really good squads here in the past. You've done well in the past, 2015 especially. 
this team just feels a little bit different to, to previous teams. What makes this year's squad different to other squads that you've had here? Quality. You know, we're able... It, unfortunately, you can't turn around a team in one year. You'd like to, and too much change, you get criticised because um, there's no identity and no flow in the, in the team or the club. So you've got to do it bit by bit, and I've done it bit by bit. We've got quality players, and we've got men. We've got a right balance now. And, and when I talk about my younger players, my younger players are 23, 24, 25. They've played 100 odd games, you know. So that's the difference this year we've got. There's still areas we need to improve. We still need to be better at certain things and that lot. But when they step across that white line, they give absolutely everything, as you saw today. And it's really, you see me shouting on the side. I want to keep a clean sheet for David and for the back four because they deserve it. Those are the little details we need to get right. And we did today. Um, the start tonight, tough to concede two goals there in the first half. What, what did you see on both goals? Um, first one, we spoke about it. We must have showed 20 clips of the ball in behind with the space that they've got up front, getting people around on cover. So we don't hear that lesson, and then it's in the back of the net. The second one, very naive. Between both boxes this evening, we've probably had as much possession and as much controlled football as them. But the harsh reality is both boxes are where it matters. Yeah. And the attacking one and then the defending one. And we were second best in both of them. Were, were you expecting them to be that good on? on well, I think they're very good on the counter-attack. They've got a lot of pace in the team, no matter who they play. You know, they've rotated a few tonight and then they've come in with a lot of pace. And uh, But I thought we, 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 we certainly didn't uh, give ourselves much of a chance by conceding the goals early. Um, obviously, you guys aren't, uh, you know, mathematically eliminated or anything from the playoffs. But there's a lot of teams to jump over. Um, yeah. What, what do you guys? What do you tell the players? And what, what do you expect of them going? Well, we, we, you know, every game's important for us. We, we are. It's going to be very difficult for us, but we have to keep playing for a lot of things. We're playing for a lot of pride, and we're playing for positions and to be here next year. Because obviously, you know, if you go on the road, you can't play like we've done tonight and expect to win. You know, we've had a couple of really good performances on the road the last couple of weeks. Away in Chicago, played really well in Seattle. Tonight wasn't one of them nights. As I say, I thought we were second best in both boxes where it's important. Do you, do you look at the game in Chicago and say, you know, we, we got that road win out of the way. And now if we play like that on the road for the remainder of the season, you, you can have success. We can. And we, 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 we have enough ability into the team to, to win games on the road. I know that. I know what we're capable of. But I didn't think we had enough fight in us this evening. I thought the, the most important part of the game is in both boxes and they were better than us and looked more dangerous in one end and defended the box better than us at the other end. And um, as I've just said to the players, you know, the bit in between, the mid-third of the field, it's, it's nice and it looks good in possession, but you have to work the penalty area and you have to have to put people under pressure. I don't think we've... I think Ustedes maybe had one save all night, two, two, maybe two at most. Um, so it wasn't good enough. Have you seen enough this year to think that there's good, strong foundations for next we, year? We have, we have stuff to build on. Yeah. We do have stuff to build on, but, you know, I'm aware, I'm sure everybody in our club is aware that as we are at this moment in time, the, the squad is not deep enough and we need to bring, you know, we need to bring players in in the summer to, in the winter to, to help make sure that we don't go through a, a year like we've had this year because we've had too many performances on the road where we haven't been good enough and haven't been competitive enough.
So both the gaffers there. As we said, it was a very comfortable win for Vancouver. Maybe not the flashiest and you felt that they could and should have maybe added to that scoreline and come away with more than a 3-0 win. But victory is a victory. Three points is three points. And when it, it sends you to the top of the Western Conference, you can't really grumble too much. Minnesota, though, as Adrian Heath mentioned there, they do have a tough job ahead of them. A lot of rebuilding going to come in this off-season. There's going to be a lot of personnel changes. They've started already, bringing in Scotsman Sam Nicholson, and a guy that's well-known to Vancouver Whitecaps fans. New Zealand international, an original member of the Whitecaps from their 2011 squad, Michael Boxall. Now, Boxall played the full game at VC Place on Wednesday, his seventh start of the season since joining the team in July. And Steve got a chance to catch up with Michael Boxall after the match, just to ask if it was a little bit weird coming back to Vancouver, what has brought him back to MLS, and a lot more besides. So let's hear now from one of the original MLS Whitecaps, Michael Boxall. Uh, first of all, your overall thoughts on the game and how it went for you guys? Um, not great. I think Vancouver are very good at what they do. They defend well um, and dangerous on the counter. And I think um, a few of the goals we were just a bit too naive. And that's a new team in the league. You need to learn very quickly. And to be giving up goals like that to slide down the stretch, we, we should be better than that. It's been like five years for you. Uh, oh, four years. Four years since your return. Four, five, four years, five. whatever it is. It's a long um, time. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, like, did you see yourself coming back? How was how kind of odd is it for you to for the return to come back to Vancouver? Yeah, to come back. Did you um, think it was going to happen again, or to come back to the MLS? The MLS of Vancouver. I mean, I had some great memories here. It's obviously a great city, and um, but I think just the way with the move worked out it was just good timing for me and my family to to move from where we were to to a good environment and obviously another big challenge being an expansion team that um, we have to embrace and just keep improving to get better than, than we were tonight. Uh, and back in 2011-2012 were there any like I know it was an expansion team then too and it was a tough couple of years there. Yeah. Were there any fond memories? Do you have any fond memories of that time? or Because it was your first professional team as well. Yeah absolutely. I think yeah, my rookie year I, I did learn a lot and I think just quite a few memories just with we just had a great guys on that team uh, Demerit Rashad uh, Kimiento Nanchoff um, still keeping in touch with a few of them um, I was hoping to see Jordan Harvey tonight but he's I hope he's doing well um, yeah obviously a lot of fun memories obviously beautiful city I don't think you can you can never come here and not like it here so um, no, it's, I, don't, I don't think I realise how much I kind of missed it like the beautiful beauty of the city and obviously very good fans here tonight it's just so as soon as I got here just reminded me of that um, you're obviously the first Kiwi uh, to play for the White Caps, but now it's kind of kind of a Kiwi central here <laughs> uh, the four I think four some, uh, the three of your teammates yeah. international teammates um, uh, do you kind of remind them when they, you see them that you know you were the first and you kind of were a trailblazer for, um, for New Zealand no not really I think 
it's, it seems like a whole different club um, now to what it was back then. So obviously Robbo's done a great job with the team. I have a lot of respect for him, and he's um, yeah, obviously taken them a long, long way, and they're doing very well with Jesus's hard work. So. Um, but with the, the Kiwi players, I, every time I meet up with them in the national team, I just um, they just remind me of stories of just yeah how much they love the city and it brings back yeah those good memories. Did you talk to Stefan at all when he uh, came to Vancouver? Like he never played in the MLS before and he had some MLS experience. Did you give him any advice about the MLS game or just coming to North America to play soccer? Um, no, he did reach out to me and yeah, we just shot a few messages back and forth. And I mean, he's been outstanding for our national team. Um, and I think he's really going to push push for that number one spot. He's he's a great shot stopper, um, and he can't. He's I don't think anyone can hate Vancouver, so he's he's going to love it here. And just um, on on Declan Wood, he's playing for the uh, the reserve team right now, but obviously for the national team on the back line. Um, what, what in his game do you see as he grows into a into a player? Still a young guy. I think he's he's had outstanding games for the national team. He isn't obviously still a very young player. Uh, likes to get up and down. He's got good quality in the final third and um, obviously I can't speak much about what it, the work he's done here but um, every time I, I speak to him in the national team he, he's always puts in a lot of hard work and um, can only hope that he that he progresses hopefully for, for the first team. Um, after you like left the Whitecaps obviously you went back home how was that experience uh, bringing the MLS experience back to uh, Wellington and obviously the A-League? I think the A-League and the MLS were kind of similar back then. I think MLS just uh, maybe a touch ahead. Um, but I think going back was a fairly tough situation because I was behind two, two solid starters who had been had a partnership for the previous four or five years. So it's tough to break into that. So I think from after getting let go here and then finding myself in that situation, you really have to... Um, I take each day as it comes to, to get better and... I think since I'm back here, it's kind of proof to that that just keep working and even a team turns you away at one point, there's, there's always always a way to get back if you keep working at it. You moved on to South Africa at that mm-hmm. time. Uh, did that kind of re-energize you because you got way more starts and you were kind of more involved in the game itself? Or? Yeah, for sure. I think in the Wellington situation, was I didn't feel I was getting um, the opportunities I deserved, so I had to look elsewhere and... South Africa was a, a pretty cool opportunity that came up and um, loved playing there, great lifestyle and obviously got to win a few trophies there so that was that was nice um, and yeah, just get a few more games under the belt and as you say just get that, get a bit more experience because as a defender you can only, only get that by playing games so yeah um, obviously, you weren't there before 2010 uh, for their World Cup, mm-hmm. but obviously, Canada is um, coming up with possibly hosting in 2026. Mm-hmm. What kind of uh, game is? How, how is the league in South Africa, and how does it look? Is it very professional, or is it um, um, compared to MLS? Maybe it's not as professional as MLS. I think there's because there's no salary cap. You get the top five, six teams who spend money, and they're very competitive and. Obviously, there's quite a few of the teams use the infrastructure from the World Cup, so um, that's top class still. Um, obviously, there's when you get down the the tail end of the table, there's few few av- average teams that don't quite spend the money on facilities and stuff. So, I mean, overall, was, I had a great experience there, and um, obviously, put me in good stead to to come here and 
and, and it also kind of it kind of puts you more in the national team picture too. I think like mm-hmm. with your experience there, you, obviously the Confederation Cup you just came off that. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what kind of puts you on the radar for MLS in Minnesota? Your play there and how, how much you impressed there? Um, yeah, I think so. A little bit of that, and I think the Confederations Cup, and then also when we played the U.S. national team, would have been almost a year ago now. Yeah, I think. Uh, we put in the whole team put in a solid performance and maybe a few people took notice then and then when it kind of built off that yeah yeah, yeah. so then um what was it and then 12 months later into the confeds cup when i was coming off contract i started making a few few calls and yeah this opportunity came up obviously now you joined the team halfway through but it's an expansion team second mm-hmm. time with an expansion yeah. team is not as fun when you're not winning as many games but do you see the foundations um in this team going forward to, to, to next year i think so i think off the field the club have i mean no disrespect no disrespect at all to vancouver the club off the field of have seemed to have put the the foundations there to be successful training facilities and everything that we looked after it's top class um, and obviously when you put 28 guys together who've never played together um, it's always going to be a struggle and but um, I think with the struggles of a typical um, expansion team I think We've ticked off some milestones that I don't think we did in Vancouver in my first season. So, um, obviously, we've still, still got a, a long way to go. Um, but off the field, everything is, is rock solid, yeah. What, uh, what, do you see any other subtle changes? And you talk about the training facility. Obviously, Vancouver now has a training facility, proper one. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, do, do you see any other changes in MLS, like in your in your like recent travels, um, like uh, considering 2011, like when you were visiting other teams, do you see any other changes in how the league works and other stuff? Um, I think just... It has improved. Like each team has has improved. Like off the field, there's just so much more fresh. I mean, I remember. And the skill level first. on the pitches too, probably. Yeah, yeah. So, so first of all, just I remember just going to San Jose and they're yeah. playing in a, the College Stadium, and and now they've got a, a top class facility. And then obviously with the money comes the the higher level of players, and you you see what was on on show tonight. Obviously, Vancouver have done well with their recruiting and have some number 10s or little dangerous little playmakers who kind of prove the difference tonight. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. So Michael Boxall there, returning to Vancouver to play a match for the first time since 2012, and a first MLS match in Vancouver for the first time since 2011. Boxall, of course, as we talked about there, a member of the first ever Whitecaps MLS squad, made 19 appearances in that inaugural 2011 season, which of course was something of a, a season to forget for the Whitecaps, and There was a couple of really good individual performances that year, but on a whole, the team just really struggled, looked out of their depth in their first year in MLS, and and looked the same for Minnesota as they came to the league this year, but they have started to to show some signs of life and turn some things about, not sitting bottom of the West, 
just kind of indicating just how poorly Colorado Rapids are this year. But Boxall made 19 appearances in that 2011 MLS season, kind of thrown into action in his rookie year with the injury to Jay Demerit. After Martin Rennie came in in 2012, his time here was numbered and played some reserve team games but never made another MLS start and then moved on in 2012 to head back to New Zealand to, to play with Wellington Phoenix as we talked about there. But we wish him well in Minnesota. He's just one of a number of Kiwis that are over plying their trade in North America and in MLS right now. We've got four here in Vancouver. Stefan Marinovic obviously on the MLS team. Meyer Bevan, Declan Wynn, Francis De Vries on the WFC2 team. Portland Timbers have a couple of guys. Jake Gleason. The goalkeeper being kept out of the team by our very own Stefan Marinovic. And a guy that not too many folk are going to maybe know too much about, but Bill Taloma, a midfielder, just a 22-year-old, he's with Portland as well. And if you just look at New Zealand's squad for their last two matches, the, the World Cup qualifiers against the Solomon Islands, a lot of MLS talent in there. Aside from the Whitecaps, Marinovic, Wynn and Bevan. You had Boxall from Minnesota United, Kip Colvey from San Jose Earthquakes, and Sporting Kansas City's James Musa. So I guess keeping our, our Kiwi theme going for a little bit, I got a chance to speak to Stefan Marinovic on Tuesday at training. We had a chat about a number of things, some of which is going to be featured in our extra podcast this month for subscribers, so make sure you check that out. But I also asked him about getting his debut in MLS early. Came here at the start of July, quickly got a, an MLS star in the away match in New England, a 1-0 loss. Followed that up, of course, by playing in the 2-1 win in Orlando. So I asked him on Tuesday just how important it was for him to get those early minutes out of the way. Can I get his feet wet in MLS and his new league and a new environment? And Marinovic, being the laid-back guy he is, it's overly important to him. So with so many Kiwis in MLS and USL now, I asked Stefan if the last time he was over with New Zealand for those two matches with the Solomon Islands, if people were asking him what it's like over here and if some of the players that aren't here already were just expressing an interest in coming over. So let's just hear a little bit now from Stefan Marinovic. You've made a couple of starts now in MLS. Is it good to get those out of the way early and kind of find your feet in the league? Uh, I, I, I don't see see the problem about getting them out of the way early. Uh, debut or not, I mean, debut is always special, especially in a new league, but uh, it's not exactly for me. Um, I don't know, I see every game similarly, well, you know, similar. If I was to see one game more important than the, than the other, like playing against the Solomons is less important than playing in the MLS and, and, and vice versa, then uh, I wouldn't be as probably composed as I am on the pitch as, as what I hope and think I am. So I think it's, uh, it's important that I you know, keep my feet on the ground and always just play. And when you were back there just now, obviously you're here now and Jake Leeson's been here and Michael Boxall's coming here tomorrow. Do you get lots of questions from the, the other guys about what it's like over here? Are, are other New Zealand players interested in coming over? Not really, not that because well, I I haven't been you know I get I get home with the national team and uh, all those guys are playing professionally and a lot of them in, in Europe and you know don't really get asked you know how it is. I mean everyone everyone respects you know they respect the the level of the MLS and um, 
obviously if you're playing like you know some of them Premier League you know um, Premier League and some Eredivisie I mean that's Europe right I mean that's the you know that's probably the goal of every young footballer is to make it into Europe but that's not to say that the MLS isn't a, isn't a pathway for some players. Now, Michael Boxall wasn't the only ex-returning Whitecap that we're going to see in action at the BC Place pitch this week. There's going to be a lot of them in action, actually, on Saturday. Before the big game against Columbus, it's the Whitecaps alumni against a celebrity All-Stars team. So a lot of well-known ex-faces are, are going to be taking the pitch in that one, Jay Demerit and Davide Cumiento. Coming back for the first time since that inaugural 2011 season to play in a Whitecaps jersey. But of course the big returnee this weekend is going to be Kakuta Mani. Coming back with Columbus to play against the Whitecaps for the first time ever. Traded to Columbus of course at the end of March in an exchange with Tony Chani. We spoke to Tony Chani on Sunday's show, episode 218 of the podcast if you want to check that out. Just about the move and Chani coming here and his memories of Columbus and what he's going to be feeling kind of facing his old team on Saturday. Now Kakuta of course spent just over four seasons here in Vancouver. A lot of highs, some lows during that time. 104 overall MLS appearances in regular season and playoffs. 22 goals and 12 assists in his time here. Such an exciting player when he was on his game. Sometimes consistency let him down. Injuries, of course, hampered his time here. But it was a big, big surprise when Manny was traded at the end of March. And it's going to be very strange, very mixed emotions for Kakuta when he comes back to play in BC Place on Saturday. Wearing another team's jersey, changing in the away team's locker room. It's going to kind of feel a very surreal experience for him and the fans seeing him on the pitch playing against the Whitecaps. So I got a chance to to chat with Kakuta this week on the telephone, just ahead of him making the trip out west, just about that trade, his time in Vancouver, and just what it's going to be like for him taking the pitch on Saturday. So let's hear now from Kakuta Mani. Hey, Kakuta. Long time no speak. I know, it's been a while, hey. I guess you're going to be a really busy man this week. There's going to be a, a lot of people wanting to to speak with you. What, what's your what's your emotions like coming back to, to Vancouver then for the first time as <laughs> as part of another team? Yeah, it definitely will be different. I'm excited. Uh, I think it'll be fun. Um, you know, just... Point, uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, I get a chance to play in front of uh, uh, amazing, disciplined crowd. You know, the best fans in the league, and um, you know, for me, that's the that's the best part about uh, about the trip. That's what I'm looking forward to most, uh, playing in front of that crowd. Um, you know, I've got, I had the opportunity, um, and I've been lucky. I, I did that for about four and a half years, and you know, I can't um, can't wait to do it one more time. Um, you know, with um, you know, with a different team. Just going back a little bit then to March, the the trade caught me by surprise, caught a, a lot of people by surprise. Did did you have any idea that the Whitecaps were looking to move you on, or was it a big surprise to you as well? Um, a bit of both. Uh, 
it's just the situation. Um, we tried to negotiate a contract, and um, you know, it fell through. Um, you know, we didn't agree on um, terms, and uh, I, I knew it was my last year. And uh, just from uh, past experience, uh, I, you know, you know what what happened with both as well. So you know, it was in the back of my mind that uh, there's, that there's a chance that um, I don't think Guadalupe like, is going to gamble. Uh, I think they're going to try to get something out of it. And um, I knew at some point there was going to be a, um, a trade. Uh, of some sort. Uh, I don't know where it's going to be, but I knew um, there was going to be a trade. But uh, it did. It did come me by surprise. Um, it's. I would say, yeah, definitely a bit of both. Because I, I, I knew. I, I think I didn't know for a fact, but I uh, kind of had a feeling there was something going on. Because um, I, I, you know, I didn't play in Mexico. Um, the Concacaf game. Yeah. I didn't play. I didn't play in that game, and uh, you know, supposedly it was the biggest game in the Whitecaps history. And um, you know, so I started to ask myself questions. Um, so I came to the conclusion. I was like, yeah, um, there's definitely something. They're definitely trying to move me. There's no reason for me not to play that game. And um, the following game, we played Toronto, and, and I only played 15 minutes. And you know, I you know, came to the conclusion. It's like, yeah, definitely. Um, Something is happening here. I might be getting traded. And then the Friday, uh, the Thursday, um, I training. I was not in the squad. I was gonna face LA Galaxy as well. Uh, sorry, this is on Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, I was not in the first team. I was gonna face the Galaxy. And you know, after training, I wasn't asked to do any extras or anything. So I was, you know, left alone. And from there, I knew um, by the end of the week, I'll be gone. Yeah, that, that, that's it's such a shame. But when you look back at your time in Vancouver, what what's your overriding memories? Obviously, happy times. You made a lot of good friends here, and sad to leave. But do you look back at your years here with, with fondness? Yeah, I you know I look back and I said, um, and you know, it's such a great um, you know place for me to start my career. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't. Uh, I don't want to be in any other environment to, you know, start my career, and I think it taught me a lot. Um, you know, it, it, I, I grow a lot um, from the first day I've been in Vancouver now till the last day. I feel like I learned a lot. I've been, um, have been to be in a, you know, new city and a, new, a different country, and uh, you know, it taught me a lot. I think um, I enjoyed my time in Vancouver, and um, you know, looking back at it now, I can. You know, be happy and saying I um, I did what I you know what I did, and I was happy with what I did in Vancouver, and you know I'm proud to go back uh, to that city and you know with my head um, hell up. The, the hat trick you got in Seattle—that's probably the the big memory that's going to live with everyone for a long time here. Do you put that down? Is that like your best experience in a Whitecaps jersey? Was that that game in Seattle? I think yeah, definitely one of them. Um, yeah, that was a that was a special night uh, for me um, as an individual as well for the club. Um, but it was uh, looking back at it now, it's um, it was a special it was a special um, special night for me. Uh, but you know, we had an unbelievable team that year. Um, it took us a while to you know get uh, gel together, but uh, towards the end of the season, I thought we did you know we did well, and you know, I was you know fortunate enough to play with. You know, such amazing, you know, players, Camilos and the Rio Cocas and Andrew Ryan, Kobe Assis. You know, it was great. They made it easier. They made it easier, but um, it was 
good. I think uh, winning the Canadian Championship too is probably that, and winning the Canadian Championship uh, probably the biggest memories for me I had um, in Whitecap jersey. Do you miss the the drive to and from Point Roberts, or are you, are you glad that you don't have to do something like that anymore? Um, I do, I do miss it. You know, I came to I came to become accustomed to that place. I, I, I love it. It's um, you know, it's a nice way to get out of the city, uh, to get out of trouble, um, just to have a clear mind. Um, that's what I thought that was good for me. You know, it's far away. Once I get in, I, I can't leave till the next, you know, the next practice. Um, so it was, um, it was, it was very good for me. Uh, there was not a lot of people there. I can, um, you know, hang about and relax. It was on the beach, and you know, it was very, um, very relaxing for me. Um, a place to get away. So I loved it. I do miss it a, a little bit. Not the drive, but I miss, uh, I miss going to Ponovo. So you're in Columbus now. It's been a kind of, I guess, a bit of a stop-start year for you. Three goals, two assists. You've done well when you have played, but. You've you've not been getting regular starts. I know I don't want to get you in trouble, but I mean, has it has it been frustrating just being in and out of the team so much there? Yeah, it has. It has been frustrating. Um, it's you know, um, I, I say maybe when I first came here, it was more of a, more frustrating than it is now because um, I, I you know coming here I expected to play. I thought I was going to play right away, and um, <laughs> that wasn't the case, um, obviously. Uh, but it is frustrating. But you know, one thing I learned about myself, and uh, I came to, I came to realize that I was a, I'm a very patient person. Um, you know, I was very patient. And I was not. Um, there was not a day uh, that I went to the manager. Or me, you know, I get angry or pissed. I go to the manager, manager's office and tell him why I'm not playing. You know, I bit my tongue and, uh, you know, I work out of training and uh, did the extras I need to do. And, you know, when I got my chance, um, you know, I, I thought I played well, contributed a lot, you know, scored a couple of important goals and, you know, assist and, you know, played well. Not necessarily score assist some games, but I, I thought I played very, very well. Um, but sometimes, you know, the decisions don't go your way. Um, but, you know, the manager looked the other way. Um, that's sometimes that's how it goes. And, you know, I'm still just going to fight. And, you know, hopefully um, I get it. I, I, I get it some time in Vancouver. I think I will really appreciate that, um, you know, playing in front of that crowd again. And uh, just soaking uh, up, the, you know, the atmosphere, the, you know, the, the energy of the stadium. Um, I, I definitely miss that. And it will be, it'll be, it'll be nice, definitely nice to, um, to at least get a few minutes in that game. I think everyone's hoping that that they can see you. As weird it's going it's going to be seeing you coming out of a different locker room and in a different shirt. We're, we're all hoping to see you on Saturday. But when you first went to Columbus, like Greg, he made comments about that you weren't up to the fitness levels that they were expecting, which raised some eyebrows here because you had been playing here. Was it a case that they just have maybe higher expectations of? Where they thought the players should be at that stage of the season than than what they had here in Vancouver. Yeah, so I thought they had different expectations. Um, I thought it was a little bit unfair. For, uh, um, my evaluation was a little bit unfair. Um, I got here on, um, you know, in um, when when the trade happened on Friday, uh, uh, Thursday or Friday. I can't remember exactly what day. So I got on a flight on a Friday. It happened on Thursday. I got on a flight yeah. on um, on Friday. To try to come to be unveiled, unveiled for the um, 
uh, to the fans. So I came in, my flight didn't get until one um, twelve a.m. You know, uh, that night, Saturday morning, and then you know I had to go to the hotel, get you know set, go to sleep right away. You know, I woke up. Um, by the time you know, it have to be at the stadium at like. I don't know, 1 p.m. or 2 p.m., uh, get, did the unveil, watch the game. And the next day, they had a reserve game that I had to play in. You know, I played in that reserve game, and, and obviously, uh, you know, I was tired. So that, yeah. and that's how they evaluated me um, from that game. They thought, you know, the numbers would be better than they were. But, you know, I, I traveled across the country, yeah. you know, a day and the whole the whole day. And... Uh, I thought it was a bit unfair anyways, um, but that's how it is sometimes. Um, you know, they, they thought my standards should be they should be a, a lot better than it was at the time, and I disagreed. I, I still I still disagree, but um, that, that's in the past, and now, you know, looking forward to, um, you, know, um, you know, the rest of the season and see, um, you know, how I do, I do here. So just last thing, the, the team Columbus is... In, right in the playoff mix just now, it'll be a surprise if you guys don't make it to the postseason. Obviously, Toronto's running away with things in the East right now, but in the playoffs, anything can happen. You must feel that it's a talented enough team that, that you can make a real go at it in the, in the postseason this year. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think we're all very, very confident here. Um, you know, we've been... You know, happy we had a you know a really good start and you know a slow mid uh, mid season and now you know picking back up again. I, I think you know this, the quality here and you know some of the, the the players and the way the system, the way we want to play and you know once we get get it in, uh, to a tier and it's I don't think there's a team in the big who can um, you know uh, stay with us um, who can stop us from you know achieving our goals. I, I think sometimes we let ourselves down. A little bit with you know the final, final finish or you know the final third quality. Um, it's it's obviously there, but sometimes we let ourselves down. Um, the thing is, we, we keep scoring goals, and you know we, sometimes we need to discuss this game, uh, some some of the games. Uh, I think once we figure it out, and I think we are right now, uh, we we're, we're having a good run. I think if we can keep everyone healthy and you know have everyone buy into what we're doing, uh, I think. You know, we have a chance uh, of winning the uh, MLS Cup. Uh, I think everybody's really confident with, you know, the way things are going, right? You're happy with the way things are going, and everybody's very confident. And I can see it, it, it day in, day out at training. And I'm really, really impressed. You know, I've played with a lot of good players in, in Vancouver. We had, you know, a really good team. And especially the 2015, that, that team was unbelievable. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just gave me similar, uh, a bit of a deja vu, similar kind of um, in skill and uh, the qualities that we have. And, you know, uh, the run as well, uh, I think, bringing uh, in as well, you know, a little bit of a boost uh, in that attacking period. And I think, you know, finally figuring, you know, the system out and, you know, how we want to play. And if we can carry that towards the uh, postseason, I think we will be... Um, um, to watch. That's great. Thank you so much for your time today, Kukuta. I'm looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. I can't wish you too much good luck on Saturday, but for the rest of the season, hopefully it's good. Maybe a Columbus-Vancouver final, but thanks so much for everything, Kukuta. All right, thank you. No worries. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Yeah, I'll see you Saturday. Yellow swag. Columbus crew. 
Yellow swag, Columbus crew. Yeah, yellow swag, Columbus crew. It was great to catch up with Kakuta again there. Spoke to him so many times over the years. We had a really good relationship. He was always very open with me. Always very happy to chat with us, do all our weird stuff that we do here in the show. And yeah, it was sad to see him move on. From a White Cat's perspective, I think it has been a very good trade. Definitely think we've got maybe the better out of that trade than Columbus did. Kakuta has been used very sparingly for Columbus so far this season. 14 appearances heading into Saturday, only 8 of them starts. But when he has played, he's really contributed to the team. Three goals, two assists, 19 shots in those matches. He's going to be a threat on the pitch if he gets on. But in three of the last four matches, he has been an unused substitute. He heard from him there, he really hopes that he gets the chance to, to play in front of the BC Place fans again. You know he's going to get a good reception. If he gets on the score sheet, that'd be great, as long as it's not a, a decisive goal in the game. But yeah, we're looking forward to seeing him back here, and it, it was great catching up with him again. Now, a funny thing about our chat with Kakuta. Spoke to him on Tuesday. He was at a baseball game in Ohio, and he never mentioned to me that the team was actually flying out on Wednesday. So Kakuta and the Columbus crew team landed in Vancouver on Wednesday afternoon, and Scooter was at the Whitecaps game on Wednesday night, cheering on his old friend Eric Hurtado. Eric had told him beforehand he was going to get a goal for him, true to his word he did. So we could have saved ourselves a phone bill and spoken to him just at the game, but at least we, we got a really good chat on Tuesday and had a little chat with him at halftime as well. And it's just great to see him back in Vancouver. Robo was speaking to him after the game as well, and he's all smiles. Super nice guy. Wish him really well for the future. But of course, we can't wish him too well on Saturday. As I said, maybe get a goal, just as long as it's not a meaningful one in, in terms of the result. So Columbus crew come to town. Tony Chani faces his old side, Kakuta faces his old side. And it's going to be a tough game for the Whitecaps. Columbus are sitting fourth in the Eastern Conference standings just now. 43 points from the 29 games. 13 wins, 12 defeats, 4 draws on the year. Goal difference of 0. 43 goals for, 43 goals against. And I think that in a nutshell just kind of shows you the inconsistency. And one of the things that has played Columbus this season so far. At home, they're excellent. 10 wins, 2 draws, only 3 defeats from their 15 games. On the road, completely different story. 3 wins... Two draws, nine defeats. They started the season strong. Undefeated in four of their first five games, three of those being wins. Then they kind of went in a a bit of a slump, a lot of losses, a few wins peppered in there as well. But they're coming to Vancouver, undefeated in five, facing a Vancouver team, undefeated in five. Columbus, three wins and two draws in that five-game stretch. And they're going to come here full of confidence, knowing as well that they're playing for playoff positioning in the East. By no means guaranteed that they are going to be in the postseason, but you have to look at the rest of the Eastern Conference standings, and it would be very surprising to me if Columbus were to falter now. They have five games remaining, but they should be certs to at least make it into the postseason. 
not in one of the top two positions, not getting a bye. But sometimes it's better for a team to, to be in form and just to keep that run going and not to have any time off. Now, Columbus are a dangerous side and they're starting to play some of the football that kind of got them their good run in 2015 where they made it all the way to the MLS Cup until, sadly, losing to Portland Timbers in a one hell of a game, really. On the goal front, their big danger man, of course, is Ola Kamara. 15 goals in the year. He is so dangerous in the box and he's a guy that the Whitecaps are going to have to pay very close attention to. Kendall Waston and Tim Parker in particular are really going to have their hands full dealing with him, but they've, they've definitely got it in him to, to do that. Not too far behind him in the, in the goal-scoring stakes is Justin Miram on 11 and Federico Higuain on 9. Kakuta Mane is actually fourth on the team in scoring with three goals, and considering he's only had eight starts and 14 appearances on the year, that's, that's pretty good going for Kakuta. Higuain and Miram as well are the guys that are providing the assists. Seven from both of them. The Whitecaps just can't give any of these guys time to play. They've given up possession to so many teams this year. I've talked about it in previous shows. At some point, they are going to come across a team that's really going to punish them and not let them get away with giving up so much possession. Columbus could be one of those teams. But the Whitecaps' counter-attacking play on the flip side is really going to punish a Columbus defence that does give up goals. They're there for the taking, and it's really, I think, going to be a case of what defence holds firm, what defence blinks first and gives up the goals. I'm confident the Caps can get the job done. Also wouldn't be surprised if we just come away with maybe a 1-1 or a 2-0 draw. My prediction, though, is going to be a very narrow 2-1 and hard-fought Whitecaps victory, extending the lead at the top of the Western Conference, and giving them something really to build on as they face worst team in the West, Colorado Rapids, the week after. Fingers crossed that's correct. We'll be back on Sunday to discuss that and a whole lot more as well on the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. 101.9 FM if you're listening in the lower mainland. CITR.ca online, 11 o'clock on Sunday. And that's it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. You can give Steve a follow on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. I'm Michael McCall. You can give me a follow on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. Got a lot of Whitecap stuff up on that this week. Some local soccer stuff as well. If you fancy some live soccer on Friday night, UBC Thunderbirds have a double header at Thunderbird Stadium. The women kick off at 5.30, the men at 7.30. Myself and Gideon Hell will have the call for that as well. AFTN are the broadcast partners for UBC Thunderbirds this season. And talking of partners, this podcast is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for all the local, national and international news and links. So that is it for this episode of the podcast. As always, thanks for listening. Take care, and until next time. Mon the caps. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon, frankly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces. 
cheesy peas at half time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?